0: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc.
2: Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and welcome To another summer edition. I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard, and we're going to be breaking down what's hot in sports. We're going to start off with a very poignant story, and Spencer's going to be leading us into it. This is going to be Curtis Martin. As you know, played for several teams, had a very prolific career, and at his Hall of Fame induction speech, introduced by Bill Parcells, he really gave an insight into the man. And, uh, I think Spencer will be able to sub this up for the listeners.
3: Yes, uh, first off, I want to say what's happening, guys. Um, thanks again for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc, Voice America Sports Network. And, uh, we're right in summer bloom right now. We got football right around the corner. We have some really exciting stuff to get to this show, including some surprise guests from New York City, but right now, I want to definitely kick off the show with the uh, with the Hall of Fame inductions, and Curtis Martin's speech really caught my attention this year. Out of all the people that got inducted into the Hall of Fame, Curtis Martin's was a unique speech. Um, his speech was about the—his um, speech was not only about football— But it was about life in general, and most players talk about their successes on the field and a little bit of off the field stuff, but Curtis Martin really gave us um, insight into, into how he grew up, and he gave specific details of the horrors of his childhood. He grew up in the ghetto, and he had a very rough upbringing. His father... Beat his mother growing up, and his father passed away at five years old and his grandmother and um
2: when he was five years
3: old yes, when he was five years old, his grandmother um also died horrifically, so he was so his um childhood was filled with tragedy and um Curtis Martin said actually it was very interesting he said how he was 15 years old, and he had a lot of uh, near-death experiences. One in particular is where um, a guy wanted to kill Curtis Martin, and he had seven. And he he um, had a gun pressed to Curtis's face, and he pressed the, the trigger seven times. And God willing, for Curtis, the gun wasn't loaded. And then the eighth time when a bullet did shoot off, um, thank God Curtis's face wasn't in the way. So Curtis then mentioned how at 21 years old, he built a relationship with God. And he just basically said how fortunate he was to be living. And he said through those experiences, he grew up through the game in the NFL. And he said, even though he didn't like football, he said football taught him a lot of life lessons and what's important, which is being a family man first, providing for your mother and your family above all and providing for God. And those are just symbols that, you know, us, listening to the show, we can try to emulate those. So um, Curtis Martin's a true hero, and even though he didn't like football, it was a way for him to get out of the ghetto and get out of trouble, and for him to help support his mother. So overall, just a very touching speech, but all the speeches were very good, and uh, a great um, Hall of Fame class um, this year in Canton, Ohio.
2: Well, Spencer, you mentioned about how Bill Porcell's Played a big role in Curtis Martin's life, how he was a great motivator. And in fact, Bill Parcells introduced Curtis Martin at the induction ceremony in Canton, Ohio. So tell us a little bit about Bill Parcells influence on Curtis Martin and his development. Well, since Curtis Martin's father
3: passed away, Curtis Martin said that Bill Parcells was really like his first father figure. Um, and he said that Kurt, you know, when Curtis was, he's a, remember, he's a young rookie, a young guy in the NFL. Um, you know, he was, he was kind of like a guy just right out of college. So he said that he really didn't listen to a lot of adult men. He thought he could stand up on his own two feet and he wasn't great with taking advice from, from any guy. Um, and understandably why, cause especially cause of the childhood that he had to overcome. But, um. With Bill Parcells, Bill Parcells, he said that Parcells was just such a powerful man and just full of wisdom, but he also cared about his players, and he taught players life lessons, not only about football, but about life and working hard and doing the right thing, and he said one of the most powerful Parcells quotes was one day when he wasn't feeling good at practice, I think he got injured somehow, he banged something up, and you know, Bill Parcells said to him, said to Curtis Martin, you never know which running back is going to go into that huddle. So he basically said to Curtis Martin, you know, you got to be territorial about your job and you want to own your job. And then Curtis Martin admitted that he was successful in the NFL because he said that um, players on his roster were faster, stronger, and more athletic naturally than, than he was. But he said that he kept his spot in the league by outworking them and he was territorial about his position. He said, I don't want any running back stepping in that huddle but me. So Bill Parcells was really just a father figure to Curtis Martin, and um, he really, uh, Curtis uh, Curtis Martin really respected Bill Parcells um,
2: as a coach, but also as a man and a mentor for him. So obviously the Hall of Fame is a happy time for most people. It's a time that's uh celebrates the, the career and curtis martin chose to really open up for the world and talk about how it was not all glitz and glory he talked about you know how thankful he was and if you remember curtis martin he was a workhorse you know, he had a tremendous number of yards he never gave up he, he never ran out of bounds and certainly uh you know, the the fact that he opened up and he told us some real stuff, some horrible things about his childhood, he he wasn't just sugarcoating it. Uh, along these lines, uh, for the last few minutes of this segment, I want to uh, offer our condolences here at Bruce's Sports Doc to uh, the Reed family, to Andy Reed, and uh, to the passing of his son, Garrett Reed, a 29-year-old, uh, oldest son of five kids, and certainly a tragedy in Philadelphia. And this is not a football story. This is a story of, uh, of tragedy of a kid who was, uh, 21 years old when he was at Brigham Young. And he, he didn't have any, you know, dealings with drugs at all in high school. When he got to Brigham Young, he got injured and he started, he was prescribed Oxycontin, which is a prescription narcotic. And from there, he progressed to other drugs and, uh, had a turbulent, uh, Garrett Reed had a turbulent life, which was marred by arrests uh, for dealing cocaine in the ghetto here in Philadelphia. It was marred by a car accident when he was on heroin. He almost killed a lady. And uh, multiple stints in rehab, in and out of rehab, multiple relapses, and two years in prison. So for Andy Reed, certainly uh, he had to uh, watch over two of his sons. Uh, also his son, Britt, who's the second oldest son so far. It looks like we might have a happy ending there in the sense that Britt just got married, and he's uh, he's working for Temple University. And uh, his son, Spencer, actually, uh, what goes to high school, or actually just graduated from Harriton High School, Lower Marion Township, Montgomery County, outside of Philadelphia. Very distinguished career, very uh, nice person. I think Spencer will comment a bit because he's met him. They have the same name. And uh so he he got a scholarship to Temple University and, uh, and obviously his son Britt will be there. So two of the Reed sons will be there. But with Garrett Reed, uh the story is uh when this show goes to air, which is Tuesday, uh the Reed family will be uh outside of Philadelphia, um, you know, paying tribute and in, 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 in burying their son and it's just a tragedy. Um for those of us who have known Andy Reid, you know, as a class guy, it has nothing to do with what you think about his coaching. Um, I, I was listening to talk shows all day here in Philadelphia and 99% of the people showed real remorse. Uh, we had a lot of people who were rehabilitation with drugs and who, who really understood it, empathized with Garrett Reid. And today, finally, near the end of the day, today's Monday, as we go to press, Andy Reid, you know, put out a uh, statement on behalf of the family that Garrett Reid lost an eight-year battle and that certainly inferred that this was a drug-related death even though the official Carter's report will not be uh, available for weeks. So, we just wish all the best to the Reid family and just outpouring throughout the NFL this is not a football story and uh, so essentially uh, you know, as Bruce the sports doc, we talk about different things and we have, a, you know, for what we could tell by our demographics, a lot of our listeners are, are athletes themselves, or high school, collegiate kids, and, and people are just fans of sports. And uh, it's just a lesson about how getting involved with drugs, even though in high school and college, there's a lot of peer pressure, it takes a lot of courage to say no. And there's a few people who, once they get involved, they just can't get out. So Garrett Reed was was essentially locked into addiction which uh, is a terminal disease, much like a cancer. And he battled it for years, and uh, regrettably, uh, we at Bruce's Sports Act would have paid tribute to the life of, of Garrett Reed. By all accounts, um, he was a very nice person, uh, very funny person, well-liked. You won't hear anybody say a bad word about him. He just had a problem. He, he had a problem with addiction and drugs, and it eventually took his life way too young, at age 29. Uh, Spencer, your closing thoughts. I just want to
3: relay the messages. You know, my prayers go out to, to the Reed family. And, uh, you know, um, it just, it's just unbelievably sad. And, and, you know, way too young for, you know, a kid to die at 29 years old. And, you know, he had a lot of life ahead of him. Um, and you're right, you know, drug addiction is just a real serious problem. And you got to learn from, you know, these type of stories. But, um, you know, Gary Reed was a great guy. And uh I mean there's no worse feeling than that in the world, you know. You might disagree with a call Andy Reid calls in the game. You might not like him as a coach, but you gotta sympathize with him here and you gotta feel what he's going through and feel sorry for him and wish him the
2: best. Well, so it ends. The initial segment of Bruce the Sports Talk and stay tuned, we have some special guests, sports analysis.
1: Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist, serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceThesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceThesportsdoc.com.
0: Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportstalk.com.
2: Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're still here in Wiz City with Spencer the Wizard as your sports analyst. And we have a surprise guest, a distinguished reporter from the Bleacher Report. And I'll let Spencer introduce our guest. And I hear that these guys are going to go knee-deep in NFL preseason and season predictions.
3: Well, absolutely. Um, well, it's an honor to, uh, to introduce you know a lifelong friend, but also an expert columnist on NFL football, my main man, straight out of the NYC, Wesley Kaminsky. Say say hi to America, Wes.
4: What's going on, America? Glad to be on Bruce's Sports Talk.
3: Absolutely. Uh we're uh we're here and uh let's talk some NFL football with Wes Kaminsky. Um, I know he's a big Eagles fan. Uh, we live we live in Philadelphia together. What do you think about the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Uh, do you, do you see them as winning a Super Bowl? We know Michael Vick came out with comments about a dynasty. Yeah, uh, I
4: mean, it's hard. Every every year the last year the Eagles had so much hype, and this year he's calling them a dynasty. But he has yet to win a playoff game with the Eagles. So I think he should. I don't know. It's the Eagles are a mystery. They obviously you know they have the talents, but I just. Not, they put it all together last year at the end, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it should be an emotional season, definitely to start, which has happened with um, Garrett Reed and everything. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. That division is really wide open, I think. What do you think?
3: Yeah, uh, I think the NFC East is the deepest division in football. I actually um, I believe the Giants will actually fall off this year. And uh, I'm the first guy to support the Giants. I just think that after winning the Super Bowl last year, a lot of guys on that veteran team are gone in Jacobs and Manningham. So I believe that their drive and their motivation after winning after achieving the top prize in football, will be down. And I think that for Dallas and the Eagles, they're really going to be inspired because you look at Tony Romo in Dallas, he's always been a solid quarterback, but he hasn't really been able to get over the hump. Uh, He only has won one playoff game in his career. So if he doesn't step up this year, I mean, I think the window's running out in Dallas. I agree with you.
4: I think this year's definitely a make-it-or-break-it-year for Tony Romo. You know, I mean in one playoff win, just it's hard to... this this team, I don't know, they got they got talent definitely too. And what about the Redskins? You know, you know, you don't know about Robert Griffin either. Um it's hard to predict with them also.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even if he puts up Cam Newton, Cam Newton uh like numbers, I still think Washington uh they can upset some teams. I don't think they're a threat to win the division, but I definitely think that uh they they can actually beat some teams especially in Maryland, but awesome. it's
4: going to be a miss-
3: you know the NFC East is probably the most exciting division in football um, and then you look at some other great teams out there like in like in San Francisco you have the 49ers and then you have the Green Bay Packers so uh, what are some teams that you see really competing for the NFC crown
4: I like the Chicago Bears a lot this year um, you know last year seven of four before Jay Cutler and Matt Forte went down and that proceeded to ruin their season but you know the year before that you remember threatened the NFC Championship game Against the Packers And once again Jay Cutler got hurt So I think the Bears Adding pieces like Brandon Marshall Michael Bush They re-signed Matt Forte I think they have I think they're going to be A tough team And I think they I think they could definitely Win the NFC North
3: Yeah I mean that NFC North Is also a Uh A stacked division for sure because you have Detroit and the upcoming Lions with Stafford and uh, Calvin Megatron Johnson. And then you also have the Green Bay Packers, the 15-1 and Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers but i love brandon marshall and we're big fantasy players you're you're talking you're listening right now to two fantasy rivals i i just joined the league last year the champions league on yahoo and unfortunately uh our t- team grossinger just was very average last year uh we're definitely going to fix up our fantasy this year we're going to take some running backs early but speaking of fantasy i think that brandon marshall is poised to have a great year hey, with hey, jay you know,
4: connor Cutler and they definitely have chemistry together and Cutler hasn't had a weapon in Chicago, a wide receiver yet um, and Brandon Marshall, to get his act together off the field, you know he's obviously, he might be the most talented receiver in football.
3: Absolutely and you saw what they did in Denver, I mean there would be some games where they'd connect 21 times yeah. and uh, Devin Hester's not really a, uh, he's not really a wide receiver. Yeah, I
4: don't think so either.
3: He's just, he's just a speed guy and uh you and know
4: I definitely want to have on my team but
3: you know that division out there um is going to be another great test i expect the wild card um to, to come really from the NFC north or the NFC East. Um then then we're gonna we're quickly like glossing over the NFL. We're just getting some great stuff in with Wes Kaminsky. Um we look at the the NFC West, I mean people are saying it's a lock that the uh that the Niners have it. Skip Bayless said something interesting today. He likes the Seahawks actually with Matt Flynn and uh and uh coach you
4: know, Carroll. I don't know we got a very short Matt Flynn can do last year he started two game, one game and he obviously had like you know, I believe he had like six touchdowns and 500 yeah. yards or something yeah. yeah yeah and that game that's all we got out of him he ends up getting a big contract and that's seems what happened in the NFL but I mean obviously if Matt Flynn's good this will be worth it but you saw what happened with Kevin Cobb in Arizona it's not looking like it's worth it and could the same thing happen with Matt Flynn you just don't know
2: Yep, uh, again, it's, it's great to have Wesley on the show here, Wesley Kaminsky. And he is a great column. It's on Bleacher Report. Is that bleacherreport.com? Bleacherreport.com. Yes. Bleacher yeah, check him
3: out. And, we're uh, at Wesley Kaminsky. It's simple. Wesley
4: underscore Kaminsky
2: on Twitter. And, uh, we're not even talking. Wes is the biggest Bulls fan around. I think he, uh, you know, he, he, I think he has a second apartment, you know, in the United Center. And, uh, obviously we won't, we won't even talk about the season. You know, we talk about the Bears season going down. Uh, we don't even want to get to the Bulls because they, they had a great season in, in and an injury riddled, uh, postseason. But the nice thing about the show is, you know, the show here, Bruce the Sports talk, Spencer the Wizard, gaining momentum. And in Wesley, he writes some very poignant pieces. So I think any of you that are interested, go to bleacherreport.com, look at Wesley Kaminsky. And, and you have really good reads. I'm sure he'll be very active here, you know, as football season approaches. Right yeah, on. I
4: definitely will. You can not count on weekly panel rankings, weekly analysis of games. It's just definitely check it out.
3: Right. He's uh he's actually going to be a sophomore at Temple University and he's going to be um in the communication so journalism program there, so Exactly. so, so we got Wesley Kaminsky here and uh and he's definitely he's the man he's the man if you uh if you can't tell um th- how, wes how excited are you man you're you're out here on the radio now you know um america's getting to know who uh wes kaminsky really is and uh we could actually ask some in uh improv questions but we might we might do that a little bit later, uh, maybe, little later in the show. maybe we'll see how he's feeling
2: well one thing is, I know that we are actually doing a road trip for game one of the NFL season. I believe the Grocery Kaminsky family, we might be traveling. For me, it'll be a neutral uh, spot Pretty to neutral. Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. Yeah. And, uh, I, and Wesley, are you planning on attending that game?
4: I'd like to attend, definitely. It'll you know, be <laughs> Tebow's first game in New York, and everyone will be rooting, cheering for Tebow to start. And obviously, my dad's a diehard Bills fan, so...
3: Yeah, we got Buffalo roots. That's right. House. If
2: you guys, you know, th- me being a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I always thought I was Lord because the only time the Eagles ever won a championship, I was actually one years old and we haven't won since. But I know being a Buffalo Bills fan, uh, Gary Kaminsky, who's the, the elder grand of the Kaminsky family, we going to pay tribute to him, has certainly saw his, his serif suffering and watching the Bills mm-hmm. from afar. I, you know, uh, their body of work, they certainly fa- have found more ways to lose, you know, games, even after those great Super Bowl years. And, uh, I think the, uh, the Bills retooled this year. They have, they had a really good draft. Yeah. And I think, uh, they have Mario Williams. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. Mario and, Williams. I, stay and I think if he can stay healthy, I think the Bills are moving in the right direction. I think it's,
4: so it, too. But, you know, the Bills, ever since 1999, the forward lateral for the Music City Miracle, they have not actually made the playoffs. And, Every year seems like it's the exact same, you know, the Bills lose, just heartbreaking games, and just they can never put it together for a full season, and if if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer, maybe he is and maybe he isn't, but they also signed Vince Young to back him up, and I expect we might be seeing time from Vince Young this season.
3: Yeah, absolutely, in the Wildcat. But, uh, you know, also the reason why the Bills have been shut out, I think, of making the playoffs is, you're right, the quarterback position. The quarterback position they went through yeah. Trent Edwards. They went through J.P. Lossman. And those guys weren't stable. Yeah,
4: they haven't had a stable quarterback. Uh, it's just, you need a stable, obviously you need a stable quarterback to win.
3: And speaking of a stable quarterback, Right in their own division. The division champions has been uh, TB12, Tom Brady. So, not fun playing him twice at all.
2: Well, here we are. We're we're approaching the end of the segment. What I'd like to do is uh, uh, stay tuned, listeners, across the great United States of America and and abroad. Uh, This is Dr. Bruce Grosker, Bruce of Sports Doc. As you can see, we're right in the middle of an NFL preview. I think you've done a lot with uh, Wes Kaminsky and Spencer, the Wizard. in talking a lot about the NFC, but uh, the the topics I want to direct you to is the AFC. I want to hear a little bit about... We team. actually haven't mentioned Tebow Mania, which is unbelievable in itself. Yeah. So actually, the fourth preseason game, which is Eagles against Jets, which is typically a yawner, we might actually attend because we might see Tebow might get a lot of action in that game.
4: I expect he definitely will get a lot of action, yeah.
2: So uh, we're going to sign off. Everybody... Uh, Stay close to your dials. We'll be back in three.
0: Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
1: Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike? Maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure. Whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Our internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
1: You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Bruce at Bruce the doc, dot com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening
3: to Wiz City and Bruce the Sports Doc and right now we're chilling. With our insider, NFL insider, Wesley Kaminsky from com, A great family friend, but also he's a sports fanatic and knows a ton about sports. Right now, we're in the preseason of NFL football. And let me tell you, preseason football definitely whets your appetite for the real season. That game on Sunday night, which was the Hall of Fame game, after the starters went out, that was on the verge of being unwatchable. And... uh I, I just can't wait for this upcoming year and we have a lot of storylines, but right now the storyline that is really dominating the NFL is Tim Tebow in New York City. We have two quarterbacks that are titled as mediocre quarterbacks and for a backup quarterback Tim Tebow is getting a lot of airtime. So just Wes, uh, give your thoughts about Tim Tebow as a person and as a quarterback and then we'll get into uh, this upcoming year for New York Jets. Yeah, I know.
4: Tebow obviously last year, took over the Broncos at, I believe they were 1-4, and, and took them all the way to the playoffs, beat the Steelers, but you could tell the whole time Elway and John Fox wanted a more conventional quarterback, and when the opportunity of Peyton Manning came along, they jumped at it, and with Sanchez, um, you know, his first two years, he was a game away from going to the Super Bowl, and last year, obviously a step-back year, and then. They decided to get Tebow, and that's obviously, Sanchez can say all he wants how he doesn't mind it, but you know, there's a big shadow behind him, and it's got to bother him a little bit when the backup quarterback is getting the most press of any quarterback in the entire league. What do you think?
3: Yeah, um, I I believe that this situation in New York is not going to end well, and and I believe that Mark Sanchez at best is a mediocre quarterback because... You know, the first two years he he was put in a tough spot. One, he had no competition between Mark Brunel. He was just immediately when he got to New York, he was cherished as he was titled the Sanchez and the next Joe Namath, and then his position under Rex Ryan was not to lose. And I actually believe that uh, Brian Schottenheimer might be one of the worst coordinators in the NFL because I just if you watch the Jets games, it, it, it just they just had no consistency. Exactly. He was mostly, especially last year, he kind of looked like a deer in the headlights, like checking it down. I think Sanchez is not the tallest guy, but I think he can zip in slant routes from time to time. He is a stronger arm than Tim Tebow. You know, there's just so many questions. Um And the other night, I was with my dad and we were role playing. So I'm going to ask you another question. If you're Tim Tebow, is your goal this year to t- t- to be a starting quarterback and I just it's just hard I, I think that Tim Tebow wants to be a starter and I think he will by week 7 that's That's—that's my mark is, uh,
4: is I think I think Tebow deserves to be a starter in the league you know I mean personally I was hoping he went to Jacksonville go to go home and he would obviously he would be the starter there but he, he had the option he chose the Jets but I think I mean Tebow he's like the ultimate competitor so he obviously does he obviously wants to start but Th- he's happy to do whatever happens, but I think I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on Sanchez. Last year, to start the year, the entire everyone wanted Kyle Orton out in Denver. They're booing him right away. And, you know, it was only a matter of time before Tebow starts, and I definitely think we could see a similar situation this year in New York.
3: Yeah, for sure. And you look at Kyle Orton. He he is. He, he, Mark Sanchez doesn't blow away Kyle Orton on the charts. I think that Kyle Orton is maybe even a better quarterback than Sanchez. He was a veteran. He might have a better arm, but he
4: doesn't. Kyle Orton makes pretty bad decisions from time to
3: time. Yeah, and 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 Orton was a, is a guy. I mean, Sanchez plays with more motion too. Doesn't want to leave the field. Yeah. Um, and and the, and the Broncos started off. Um really poorly but you look at Tim Tebow and I really want to talk about this on the show because I'm really centering this conversation most sports analysts other than Ron Jaworski they barely they say Tebow can't throw like Stephen A. Smith but they don't give the specifics of what he can't do and uh I, mean,
4: I, I watched him play last year I watched him play a lot last year and I could, towards every game I saw him is he was getting better through the air it's been the playoffs he had the winner to the Marius Thomas. That's, that looks like a pretty good throw to me. I mean, obviously, he's very unconventional, and I mean, there's nobody, there's really no, no quarterback like him in the league right now. But he might have the best arm, but if you win games, I feel like that's the most important thing, and that's why I really believe in Tim Tebow.
3: Yeah, and and through all of the years Tim Tebow has been around, he he's been a winner. And you're right, 316 yards versus Pittsburgh, the guy's 250 pounds. He can clearly throw the ball probably 50, 55 yards. The thing is, is that I think he needs to learn to put more touch on the ball, especially the outside throws. And my theory for why Tim Tebow hasn't been doing well, and this is actually the opposite of what most people are saying. In Denver, they ran an option offense. And Tim Tebow, in certain games, would throw under 10 passes a game. So if they, ex- if they expect Tim Tebow to be a real quarterback, why don't you give Tim Tebow the mission of playing in a real NFL offense?
4: thought the exact same thing last year. You know, they did not give him freedom at all. John Fox, it would be like third and six. They would do a QB draw or an option, and that's just it, the games were boring to watch until it would be at the end of the game, and they would need Tebow to throw to try to come back. And you saw what happened; he would come back.
3: Yeah, right. And those were shotgun sets at the end yeah. of the game where he would throw like ten times a game. Yeah. And and if he has, if he can drop back like a regular guy, he can run. He could scramble. And uh, and you're right. I think he can make the pros. They just need to. I think that he needs to be in a re- in a regular pro system. They don't need to train him like a baby and just have him in the wildcat.
2: Well, Wes, uh, uh, as we go to press time, uh, we actually saw on the NFL Network for the first time they showed some footage of the New York Jets training camp, and it's interesting what they what they showed us. Uh, they actually were using Tebow in the red zone as a red zone quarterback. And he was doing a mixture of throwing and running. Uh, he was doing option stuff. And I'm just not that comfortable with imagine Sanchez getting all the way down to the 20 and then bringing Tebow in in the red zone. That's very unconventional. I know when the, when Michael Vick, they started working him into the Eagles, they would bring him on third and long a lot of times. But that's that's more conventional. We're just bringing him in on, on certain plays, certain wildcard packages. But to actually take out your starter in the red zone, uh, is is something that I, I think would will set that will set uh Sanchez off. It it will destroy his rhythm, in my view. What do you what do you think uh, Spencer and West?
4: I think whatever team Tebow went to, they're gonna to have to with the entire offense. Um, and Tebow Tebow's pr- proven that he is a good red zone quarterback, but I just don't believe like you said, Bruce, I can't, I don't believe Sanchez, you can't be happy if you're Mark Sanchez just letting Tebow take the touchdowns or taking the red zone. It's just not, it shows that your team does not have a lot of faith in you as a quarterback.
3: Yeah, and also Sanchez had enough trouble last year with being the main quarterback and staying in there on three downs. Imagine, you know, as a quarterback, you want to be in there on every play. You want to be calling the huddle. You want to be in game mode for him to schlep all the way to the sidelines and then trot back out onto the field, play in and play out has to be exhausting, stressful, very distracting. So you're right. I think Tebow should just be a starting quarterback in the league. You know, you look at, you know, quarterbacks like, um, Blaine Gabbert, even Matt Flynn and, uh, and ponder Minnesota Tebow has shown more than any of those guys. I pick Tebow over a lot of guys right now in the league and I, would I'd have him start. I have him, I'd have him start. And, uh, you know, um, right now we have a couple more minutes, so I just want to get in some quick, um, some some quick AFC points. Uh, Peyton Manning in Denver is pretty big, so we'll just do some quick hits here in the final minutes of the segment. So Peyton Manning in Denver, what do you think this year for for Peyton? Will he stay healthy? How do you think Denver will do overall?
4: I mean, this is a big year for Peyton Manning. You know, last season a lot of people were no one people thought he wasn't going to play football again, and now he goes to Denver takes over Tim Tebow's team and um, I don't I really don't know. It's just Peyton man can stay healthy, he's at, he's had a habit of making the playoffs and making his team competitive. So I think the team to watch in that division though is the San Diego Chargers. You know, similar to Tim similar to the Cowboys. This is a big year for Phillip Rivers. Um, just like Tony Roma. This might be a make it or break it year for him.
3: Yeah, and you look at Philip Rivers' draft class, you have Ben who has two, uh, two rings, and Eli with two rings, and Philip's kind of the the middle guy, and uh, I think he has a lot of potential. He's actually stepped up in the playoffs. I think he's, he's kind of like on the Joe Flacco level, Um with playoff wins. I think that Romo statistically stays with Rivers, but Rivers has gotten the Chargers to a couple AFC championship games and uh they're right on the peak. And another thing that I compare them to Dallas is that they've been extremely under the radar this year. Not a word really out of their camp. They seem very focused. And uh I mean Vincent Jackson's gone, but you know, Gates is still there. Uh they they have hey,
4: Robert Meacham, Eddie Royal.
3: Yeah, and uh Matthews is huge. I think he's an X Factor.
4: Yeah, I think he'll be good if he can stay on the field.
3: So San Diego's a San Diego's a team to watch out for. Um I'm gonna give you my surprise team, and it's interesting that we actually mentioned them earlier in the show and uh Gary Kaminsky will be happy about this, but I think that the Buffalo Bills this year. <laughs> I think that they have some potential. I think that their, uh, Gilmore that they got in the draft, the corner will be a good player. I think that, um, Fred Jackson will get the running game going. I think that their defense is really going to be improved. So I look for Buffalo definitely to be a little bit of a surprise. And, uh, and then, you know, the other AFC team, what, what's your, what team do you really like this year in the AFC? Maybe one we haven't mentioned.
4: I really like the Texans. Obviously, last year they, they made noise, and last year they went to the playoffs, but without Matt, Matt Schaub and that forced, it. and then Matt Lyon got hurt, so it forced a rookie third stringer, TJ Yates, who nearly won in Baltimore. You know, the Texans have a great defense. They have a weapon. Arian Foster emerges, perhaps the best running back in the NFL, and I, I think the Texans are a threat to come out of the AFC this year.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, and Kubiak finally, uh, they took it to the next level. You're right, and if Andre Johnson um, can, can stay healthy, watch out. I mean, top wide receiver uh, in the game really going into last year, and unfortunately what happened with his injury, we wish him the best for this year to stay on the field. Well, for this segment... Um, We're just about coming to a close. We want to thank Wes Kaminsky for coming on uh, Bruce the Sports Doc. Uh, I hope he had a nice time here in Wiz City, and he's welcome back anytime. And in August, we're actually going to be doing a little mini-series because me and Wes are fantasy rivals. We'll be breaking it down. We'll definitely give you uh, some draft highlights, and we'll preview the upcoming season together. So great things ahead. But we want to thank Wes today for doing a great job. Thank you. That's Wes Kaminsky, everybody, and uh, Bruce, the sports doc. We'll be back in three.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist, serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceThesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceThesportsdoc.com.
0: Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportstalk.com.
2: Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger and I'm a board-certified neurologist and pain practitioner in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. I, along with four other physicians, am available to treat you for your pain, whether it be headaches, neck pain, or orthopedic pain. We try to heal using a collaboration of physical therapy, medications, and traditional medical techniques and we also involve a host of what could be considered alternative practitioners. We collaborate with acupuncturists, massage therapists, chiropractors and we believe that treating the body as a whole is better than trying to isolate certain body systems and eliminating others. Today's show Deals with the evolving field of regenerative medicine and prolotherapy. I want to give accolades to Dr. Mark Johnson, M.D. He is the new Journal of Prolotherapy editor in chief. A very impressive and articulate speaker. That note, that noise you just heard—the banging—was my twenty-three-pound cat, Beastly, barging into our studio in breaking through a very solid cherry door. That was very impressive, Beastly. Welcome to the show. Notice he's very silent. Sorry for the divergence. Dr. Johnson received his undergraduate degree from Emory University and is a classically trained urological surgeon. Six years ago, he left surgical practice to practice prolotherapy full-time. I had the pleasure of attending a lecture by Dr. Johnson, and I'll report that to you now. Dr. Johnson teaches that prolotherapy as an important clinical tool, therefore, injections of various materials, whether they be hypertonic sugar solutions, whether it be platelet-rich plasma, or derivations of fat or bone marrow, according to Dr. Johnson, this is a missing link in medicine. So he believes there's a disease process right under our nose that is poorly understood by the medical community at large. And thanks to observations of him successfully treating thousands of painful joints with prolotherapy, he believes that he has a fairly clear understanding of the disease process. He believes that the majority of musculoskeletal problems which are treated by a host of specialists including neurologists like myself, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, chiropractors and pain clinic physicians actually deal with what he would call CTDS, connective tissue damage syndrome and this has to deal with various ligaments and tendons. And just by way of teaching, the tendons connect muscles to bone and ligaments connect bones to bone. So according to Dr. Mark Johnson, the scenarios involve real people who have been successfully treated by Dr. Johnson. And he outlines his basis for treatment, his techniques, and also his theories of using prolotherapy and treating pain and in also, in also improving the function of orthopedic structures, including joints, ligaments, and tendons, until the 1950s, ligaments were believed to be a significant source of bodily pain, and the reason was anatomically, there is a very high nerve density in ligaments and tendons, therefore, damage to these structures would be expected to cause significant symptoms and pain. So, the theory of ligaments being associated with joint pain seemed to wane in the 1950s. And this seemed to dovetail with the emergence of some of our imaging techniques. And as we moved into the more recent decades, the enlightenment or the over-preoccupation with MRI and CAT scan, according to Dr. Johnson, really gave rise to uh, waning, basically going back to the dark ages, not using clinical medicine, not actually palpating the structures. And Dr. Johnson in his lecture explained how many of the patients who come to his clinic in Tennessee literally have never really been fully examined by a doctor. They would sit at a desk, look at MRIs, never actually palpate for tender points, range of motion, checking weakness, and neurological examination features and so Dr. Johnson certainly I join him in saying the any tests in medicine, MRIs, EMGs, anything, have to logically extend from the clinical exam. And Dr. Johnson, I would say, is 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 brilliant and also somewhat of a maverick and that he has not ordered an imaging study in six years. He has not ordered or reviewed any X rays, MRIs, or CAT scans. And bases his treatment on a very careful clinical examination and using prilotherapy as the cornerstone. So if we use the analogy that ligaments, which connect bone to bone, they function like steel cables. So let's say there are small breaks or fraying of the ligaments. This will physically place more pressure on the rest of the ligament, stretching it and also stretching the nerves within the fibers. This causes both localized pain, which means pain at the site, and also referred pain elsewhere. So a doctor must not be confused by a referred pain network and must be tuned into the stretchiness in the nerve supply in the ligaments and tendons. So Dr. Johnson would say, let's look at a common malady, tennis elbow. Otherwise known as lateral epicondylitis. It was called tendonitis or tendon inflammation. And biopsy structures showed that there were, there was no inflammation within the tendon itself. So then tendonitis became tendinosis. And this became a term for a degenerative or degenerating tendon, one which is aging. So, Doc Johnson reports on the different types of presentations of connective tissue damage, that is damage to ligaments and tendons. So there's pain with use of a structure. There's pain continuously with progression of damage. We would call that the overuse syndrome. Certainly that mechanism holds with many injuries to the different structures, the hands, the elbows, the knees and the spinal structures. And how does it present? Tension, spasm, weakness, trigger points. Also, neurological symptoms. Aching, numbness, tingling, pins and needles. Also, something called RSD, which involves the uh, deranged autonomic nervous system. And also, some of the reported changes that we've all seen as pain doctors with weather changes and stress-sensitive symptoms. So again, we're reporting of the findings of Dr. Mark Johnson from Tennessee in his presentation to the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine, and this was a 2012 conference held in Naples, Florida. The ligament referral systems were mapped out by Dr. George Hackett and published in the 1950s. These referral patterns, which are very detailed and can be seen in diagrams, suggest that these referred symptoms are almost always misattributed to nerve compression. And certainly as neurologists, we see patients that have problems with the low back and hip ligaments, and who have normal MRIs, normal EMGs, but yet they have an elusive you know, there's there's a, there's a large amount of these people out there who have problems with the connective tissues, the ligaments and tendons. Dr. Johnson believes that most knee problems are due to ligament damage and laxity. Laxity means loose in the sense that these tendons and ligaments degenerate over time, and become dysfunctional. Usually, damage to the meniscus is preceded by laxity of the ACL. In Dr. Johnson, Dr. Mark Johnson, believes that the most important physical test is for the doctor to do something we call a drawer sign. That's like the drawer that you slide out in your furniture, and that involves actually um, having the patient sit, and to actually see if there is a sliding forward of the knee with careful palpation. And this laxity, which means looseness of the ACL, can be treated by prolotherapy injections. So Dr. Johnson primarily uses dextrose as his go-to injection, and that is a, uh, a fairly benign Substance, I think we all agree with that, and he usually mixes uh, some local anesthetic in with his dextrose, and injects the precise points where he believes there's wear and tear, wear and tear, and where there's damage to ligaments and tendons. So this is um, certainly exciting. We'll be reporting intermittently with respect to prolotherapy and some of the research that will be evolving. And what we really need in the field of prolotherapy and regenerative medicine is good research. We need prospective studies, we need well-controlled studies, and we need accurate reporting. So, today really flew by. I wanted to thank my co-host, Dr. Spencer Grossinger, for his contributions in the first part of the show with respect to NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and MLB, and we also want to give a shout out to Dr. Mark Johnson, the new director of the Journal of Prolotherapy, and we want to thank all the fine doctors, including Dr. Chris Davis and Dr. Brian Schipel, two leaders in the field of prolotherapy who practice right in Springfield, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw away from your humble host. This has been Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Bruce the Sports Doc, with Spencer the Wizard, signing off. And have a great week. We'll speak to you next week on Voice America Sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the
1: Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grosinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.